You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sauer right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. 
we apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has been detained after calling for a nationwide protest today. Russian police took Navalny into custody moments after he joined supporters at the rally in Moscow. Earlier, Navalny was angered after police raided his headquarters. This makes one angry convinced that it is necessary to rally in Tverskaya Street in Moscow at 2, or at proletarian dictatorship square in St. Petersburg, or wherever rallies are being organized in your city if they haven't taken place already. Alexei Navalny heard there through a BBC interpreter. Navalny is calling for a boycott of this March's presidential election, in which he's been barred from running on Twitter after his detention. He told supporters that they are not demonstrating for him, but for their future. The death toll in this weekend's Taliban attack in Afghanistan's capital is climbing. Authorities now say 103 people were killed, with another 235 injured. Jennifer Glass is in Kabul and has more on the aftermath. Kabul's hospitals are overwhelmed with the injured from Saturday's attack. The Taliban hit explosives in an ambulance, killing more than 100 and wounding twice that. Hospitals had to turn non-critical patients away. One triaged the wounded outside. The Afghan president has declared three days of mourning, not only for the victims of Saturday's attack, but also for two other attacks over the past week at Kabul's Intercontinental Hotel and on aid organizations Save the Children in Jalalabad. Flags are flying at half-staff and funerals have begun. The Afghan president wants the people to have time to grieve the dead and help the wounded. Afghan and world leaders have condemned the attack, calling for any who supported the attackers to be brought to justice. For NPR News, I'm Jennifer Glass in Kabul. President Trump is condemning the attack in the Afghan capital, calling the car bombing despicable. He says it has renewed the U.S. resolve with its Afghan partners. President Trump expected to spend a significant portion of his, of his uh, State of the Union address Tuesday night, outlining his plan to repair and improve the nation's infrastructure. NPR's David Shaper reports that questions remain about expected to spend a significant portion of his, of his uh, State of the Union address Tuesday night, outlining his plan to repair and improve the nation's infrastructure. NPR's David Shaper reports that questions remain about where the money would come from. President Trump has often promised spending a trillion dollars rebuilding the nation's airports, seaports, roads, rails, and bridges. And he told ports, roads, rails, and bridges. And he told a group of mayors at the White House this past week the investment could be even more. And that'll actually probably end up being about $1.7 trillion. But how he gets to that figure is unclear. The president's top infrastructure advisor told the mayors the plan would provide just $200 billion in federal funding, relying on state and local governments and private investors to come up with the rest. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel calls that unworkable. $200 billion for a trillion-dollar goal is very dust. Some in Congress are afraid the plan could lead to higher state taxes and a greater reliance on tolls. David Schaefer, NPR News, Chicago. And from Washington, this is NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. There's this, uh, Bill Crystal sent out a tweet about just uh, echoing what David just said. Bill Crystal, well-known conservative voice, of course. Here's what he said. I don't know why this one makes me so emotional, but it does. 
Two weeks ago, a 26-year-old soldier raced repeatedly into a burning Bronx apartment building, saving four people before he died in the flames. His name was Private Emmanuel Mensah, and he immigrated from Ghana, a country Donald Trump apparently thinks produces very subpar immigrants. I, I, I don't know why the president doesn't know that. I want to thank him again. You are true leaders. You are credible leaders. You did not do what was in your best interest. You did what was in the best interest of the community, and you're suffering for it, and I feel bad for you. I do. And I'm sure you see the emotion in me, because it's not fair. It's not fair for him to be called, you punk-ass Uncle Tom Coon. We saw you sell out to them, you rat-ass faggot punk. That's the tone of what we're calling our elected leaders for standing up and simply saying, let justice prevail and let the process take its course. When someone someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. The African-American community was screaming when he kept saying, make America great again. That was cold. When was America great? What time period were you talking about? And then you have a president who could not get it right when it came to issues of Charlottesville. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is January 28th, 2018, and you're in tune to the serious side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And of course, I'm your guy, Jay, but I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to my panelists. First up, she's the host of a show called The True Purpose Development Show. She's also a host of a show called Transforming Detroit and the author of the book, Pregnant in the Spirit. Good morning to the very lovely Dr. Princess Adil. Good morning, Doc. How are you doing this beautiful Sunday morning? <laughs> there you go. You're live. Okay. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, you're live. Well, we're having some issues <laughs> with the floor, but go ahead. Good morning. How are you? That's okay. I'm, I'm amazing. Thank you. Good morning to you and good morning to all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for being here. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. And how are you doing? Good morning, Dr. Day. How are you doing this morning? I'm amazing. Thank you. Okay. Good to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, all right. Our uh, smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his uh, commitment with Clear Channel Radio, so hopefully he'll be here soon, and our resident texter is in the house as well. Johnny D. will be hearing from him throughout the show. The number is 347-850-1272. You can participate uh, in the show, or if you are one of those people who are shy and bashful and don't want to call in. You can always participate either in the world-famous chat room or you can just put your comments out there on social media, especially the areas that we frequent throughout the course of the show, and we will read those comments during a segment of the show called Chatterbox. So once again, 347-850-1272. A couple of announcements before we get started, though. 
First off, first off, I want to say congratulations and thank you to all the people. Man, my God, we had almost forty thousand listeners this past week. So I think people want to get the word as far as what's going on uh, with Donald Trump, and you know, we try to bring the truth to us to to the public as best we can. But unfortunately, I also want to address one thing here that I heard from uh, listeners throughout the week. I want to address what was said at the end of our show last week. Uh, we had one of our dear friends on, one of the pioneers of this network, the one and only home team, a.k.a. Mac. He was in the house, and he sat in with us uh, for the entire show. First of all, we appreciate his participation. We appreciate his input. I think it's important to hear from people outside of this normal Sunday morning uh, chitter-chat box that we do here. Uh, but, but he said something at the, at the end of the show that really has resonated with a lot of people. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have said some, some very bad things about the show based on those comments. And I just want to say, first of all, we apologize. You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, Mac wasn't aware of the format of the show. And, you know, we have been a little lighthearted here on the serious side because we want to mix it up a little bit. It's Sunday morning. You know, the concept of the serious side was three friends getting together for brunch at the Smooth Jams Jazz Cafe and sit down and talk about issues. No professionals in the house, just what everyday Americans talk about as they sit around their breakfast tables, as they meet their friends at the barbershop or, you know, wherever. Just have a conversation about what was going on. So in fairness to him, he didn't realize, you know, what was going on as far as the format of the show. And I have to tell you, folks, I talked to him throughout the course of the week, and he was very apologetic for the comments that he said. And he wanted to come here this morning to uh, apologize in person himself. So, uh, Mr. Elias, without any further ado, let's uh, bring in our colleague, our brother, the one and only home team, one of the funniest men men that I know. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you doing? And uh, welcome to the serious side. Welcome back in, home team. Thanks, Jay, man. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me back. What's up, Les, man? It's always what up, nice Mac? sitting What's with up, you guys, brother? man. Good so, talking thanks, to you, brother. My man, no doubt, Les. Much love. So, look, Jay, let me give you... If you don't mind, let me take a minute or so to kind of regurgitate what happened last uh, last week on your show. So, Jay, uh, first of all, let me uh, say thanks for allowing me to come back on your show. Uh, last week, I made an inappropriate comment on the Jay Ryan show, and in making that comment, it showed that it had a lack of poor judgment and a horrible bad timing. So, to those who tuned in last week, and especially my closest friend, Jay Ryle, I truly want to apologize. Jay, you know that I, that I will always support you and that I never I want to be the cause of your light to stop shining bright. But in making that comment last week, Jay, I was trying to make a point. And let me explain my point. <clears throat> America's moral compass is broke right now, and Trump is the reason yep. for that. This joker has said a lot of divisive, and racist comments in the last 12 months. And when you have some of our strongest allies pushing back on some of his policies, that is truly not good for America. America is at a pivotal point right now. There are so many crucial issues facing this great nation. But with all of this going on, you have to find time to laugh. And what Mr. Dumb Dumb President don't know is that his comments really do matter. His comments could cause or could push someone over the edge, and they could possibly harm themselves or someone else. So let's continue to push back from this president. Let's continue to stay engaged. 
Let's continue to hold them accountable. And let's get ready to go to the polls during the midterm election. And while doing all this, while all this critical stuff going on, we have to find time to laugh, laugh, and laugh. And so, Jay, I know we had a serious show going on last week, and you was about to go to another segment. And I just wanted to throw a little humor in there before we went to the next segment. But now I realize, you know, bad timing, poor judgment. So that's why I want to come back this morning and apologize to you and your listeners once again. You know, home team, man, you're a stand-up guy. You know, you're my big brother. I love you dearly. There's nothing I won't do for you. You know that. Matter of fact, uh, you know, for people who have been around long enough to realize that, uh, you know, you heard two voices the first day that this network launched. It was my voice and the voice of that man you just heard speak. And that's the reason why uh, I wanted him to be a part of this. He continues to be a part of this. I know he's no longer active on the active right. roster, but, you know, in the military right. we have a thing called the reserve roster. So he's active reserves. <laughs> and so every yeah, now and then he'll yeah. pop in and do what he has to do. And, and listen, yeah. his impact and his um, – uh, 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 home team was insight, is a have critical piece. and experience and knowledge Key. and intellect. Go oh, ahead, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Thank you very much for helping me out with that. <laughs> this guy is one of the founding fathers of this network, and this network would not be where it is today without him and what he contributed. So he can come in here anytime. And, yeah, some of you folks, let me say, it got a little testy between us and our messaging throughout the course of the week. But, you know, that's how I, I feel about this man. And so that's the reason why I was very protective of what he does. Matter of fact, if you really want to be honest about this, if we're just, you know, since we're being honest this morning, yeah. you know, the serious side was really a, uh, a brainchild of him and I talking one day after our Saturday edition of the Jay Ross show. He said, man, he says, we need to have more serious topics. I said, well, look, man, why don't we do a serious Saturday every third? And he was like, yeah, he was down with it. The very first edition or rendition of this show happened on a Saturday with me, home team, and Tyreek Styles and a few other guests yeah, that came in and had a serious yeah. conversation. Absolutely. So, so, so this guy is 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 a main part of this. He's going to always be a part of it. And like you know, look, he who has never made a mistake throw the first stone. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. So the I bottom thought it was line hilarious. is, I did. I couldn't stop laughing. So I thought I thought it was hilarious at that point that when he interjected that. And it, it it brought me some some joy that day, man, because I was having a rough morning. You know, uh, I, I was. Yeah. Hey, well, I was saying, having a very don't, rough don't, morning. Don't condone what he did, Mr. Elliott. No. Stop it. I mean, okay, we laughed. But, but, but I appreciate stop. That okay, just stop. Day, <laughs> okay. That was my targeted audience, man. Les, guys like Les, man, that you just don't know what people are going through. Although we got all these serious topics yeah. going on. We got the president, man, got everybody on the edge. And sometimes, even during the heat of the, heat of the battle, we need to laugh right in the midst of it, man. And that's what I was trying to do, man. You know what I'm saying? That's all, Jay. Okay. Well, listen, you, you, well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming in. I hope you can hang around. Uh, we have a great show this morning. Uh, bottom line is, folks, for those of you all who were saying he should never be allowed to come back, you guys can kick rocks. He's going to always uh, be here. Uh, I want to definitely say something to the Reverend, because the Reverend, he's probably listening this morning, Pastor Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas. Uh, I heard from him throughout the course of the week as well, and uh, I told him actually I had a personal interaction with him. You know, we I, I really like talking to him because I'm dealing with some things on the personal side that I've kind of talked to him about, and he's given me right. some uh, some counseling, which I think is a good thing. And so the pastor was very uh, 
he was very forgiving for what had happened, and uh, he realized after you know he and I went back and forth with some of the conversation about your background, your origin, what you mean to me. He 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 he, uh, he lightened up. So Pastor Jones, uh, he's here. He apologized. We're going to move on, Pastor. We appreciate you. We appreciate your prayers, and of course, we appreciate all the listeners. A lot of listeners last week, and uh, and they got the uh, short uh, penis joke, but that's okay. We're going to move on. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Serious out of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, every month in 2018, we try to change things up. The more things change, the more things stay the same. One of the things that we adapted two years ago was the Sunday morning roundtable, where once a month, we're going to come in and we're going to have a conversation. And we're going to talk about things that our panelists want to talk about, right? So, you know, topics are going to be what's on their mind. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, I have a feeling where it's going because we just live in that 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 cycle. Uh, but the bottom line is is that we're going to do this once a month, and so we have about ten minutes left. We'll extend the set a little bit because of what we had to deal with. But uh, for the most part, Mr. Elias, as always, you're the man who gets the first and last word. What do you want to talk about this morning? Uh, wow, he, he, and he left uh, as soon as I said, "What do you want to talk about?" Let me bring him back in, um, Mr. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Elias, the first topic is yours. I'm sorry, I know you had to go check lines, but real quick, uh, what do you want to talk about this morning? Then you started off and um, you can go do what you were doing. <laughs> sorry. Uh, what, what I really what wanted to talk about. What I really wanted to talk about was school shootings. It was been 11 this year, but after doing research on it, it's it's not what we're thinking. Uh, but I did want I want to address. It's been 11 school shootings. As far as what they what they, they what they consider eleven school shootings, they're talking about the fact that uh, sh- uh, shootings around schools. Shootings around schools. So, so shooting. So, so you're not talk. So you're saying basically, but you know, but let's talk about that because one of the things, and, and I know you got to check lines, so I'll take it from here. You can go back and check the phone lines. Uh, you know, one of the things we can talk about, though, in the age of Trump is any time that there was a school shooting, you know, the president of the United States would issue a statement. He would step in front of the cameras. And it's kind of go back to the lunacy, the, the, the lunacy that you were talking about, home team, that this guy, I haven't heard him once. And don't get me wrong, uh, he may have. And maybe during the break, I'll go back and look since I didn't know we wanted to talk about this this morning to make sure I got my facts straight. But I don't remember or recall him saying anything about any of the school shootings we've had this year. I mean, they haven't been massive. And, I, you know, when I say that, it's like, dang, really? A shooting is a shooting whether it kills one person or 20. But the bottom line is I haven't heard anything from this guy. Uh, but regardless of whether it's a school shooting or if there's a major event, he has not come to the podium and said, hey, as the president of the United States, you know, my job is to calm the nation down and give the nation assurances, home team, that all is good and we're going to get past it. I have not seen them do that yet. Your thoughts? Uh, real quick there, I got it wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and make a comment on this here. Uh, you're absolutely right. He has not been before any cameras, any podiums, done any interviews off the camera. The Joker has not set the tone uh, when it comes to these um, these, these really horrible shootings going across America. Uh, I, I just don't know what's in this guy's head. Something as simple as that is bipartisan, which is shooting, you know, so, someone losing their life. This guy has not came on in front of the camera and said, hey, uh, we got to find a way to do better about this. But I, I, I just don't get him. I don't, I don't know why this guy hasn't stepped before the camera now. But it's, it's sad, but at the same time, it does not surprise me. 
this Joker really, man, is not that intelligent, man. Man, whoo. Yeah, man, it's, it's this dude here, bro. Now, look, let, let me go, Jay, because I, I might get into some stuff here uh, on this Joker. I don't even want to get started, man, because this dude, he's the only cat can get my blood pressure up, man. And I have to constantly make myself laugh just to stay calm with this dude, man. So, got to run, Jay. But look, man, I hope you guys have a great show. I'm going to tune back in at some other time, man. All you guys, one love. All right, man. Take care, man. Appreciate your comments, man, and thank you for coming on three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Doctor Doctor Princess Odia, you know, home teams. His reaction is what most Americans are saying. I mean, I, I cannot believe to this day that we are living in an environment where we have this guy in the White House. And you know, like Mister Elias talked about school shootings. You know, and, and like I said, and I'll say this. I, I, he he puts so much stuff out there. It's like information overload. You don't know if he's put anything out there about school shootings because it's convoluted with everything else that he talks about. I mean, this guy, I mean, he has done more in the last week that would make most presidents uh, be on the chopping block for impeachment. He does this stuff in a week. I mean, it, it's it's amazing that we live in this era where we have a guy that can, that who continues to defy, you know, basic logic. And the requirements and the basic requirements that we expect in our president. So, you know, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, you know, bottom line is, have you heard this guy get in front of the podium and say anything about school shootings or, or try to make the nation feel at ease when a, a national tragic event happens? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. And um, it's sad. And, you know, I don't watch the news um, as, as on the regular but typically things like that, even when I didn't watch the news on the regular and when there were shootings, um, when President Barack Obama was in office, I heard about it because he was talking about it, because he said yep. something about it. It meant something, right. and it was a big deal. Um, so yep. I, don't, I don't hear those things more so, more so like what you've indicated. His comments all reflect a, around his image. And what impacts him? He has shown us, you know, of course, when you talk about shootings, you've got to talk about the gun laws. I don't think he wants to go there, um, considering the source of that backs him. So, I mean, we are dealing with a president that is um, completely detached from the people and the concerns of the people. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised out of the three four seven eight five oh one two seven two. We're almost at the bottom of the hour. Let me bring in the smartest man in the world, our colleague, the man who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis, the one and only Jerome Spree man. What's going on, Mr. Jerome Spree? How are you doing this morning, sir? Hey, I'm well, man. How you doing? Hey, man, just another day in paradise, no palm trees. Uh, Mr. L.E.S. wanted to talk, obviously, Sunday morning. This is the Sunday morning roundtable where we bring topics. Each of you guys bring a topic to the table. Mr. L.E.S. brought up school shootings. Uh, and even though yeah, I think Mr. L.E.S. thought there were school shootings that happened uh, at the school or the facility itself, but I think, you know, shootings it, around it was. schools is just as... Okay, no, it, it was. was. It was. It was. It was shootings at... It, it was no... Maybe say nobody's at the school... And people are shooting at right. the schools, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
yeah. about those. Right, right. There you yeah. go. That's a good way to put it. And, and, you know, but regardless of whether it's inside the school or on school grounds or in the surrounding neighborhoods, I mean, this is a problem. And the one thing that I cannot remember, Jerome, is President you know, Trump saying anything uh, uh, to the national audience uh, about what's going on. Now, maybe you've heard something different because I know you're more connected than I am, but I haven't heard anything. No, Have you? you know, no, and I can tell you that well. this is a Patterson, uh, Patterson, this is a pattern of, like, what white supremacy is. Like, anytime white yep. folks do something, they can shoot folks, um, you know, shoot up schools or whatever, and they want this, like, crickets. If a black person or a person of color stole a slice of pizza, they'd be trying to get the death penalty. You know, an NFL player will take a knee at a doggone football game, and it's like they're disrespecting our troops, right? In the bigger picture, taking a knee is not killing somebody. But, you you know, you would have to ask the question, why is it that anytime you know, somebody who looks like them does something, they say nothing? And it's not a problem. And we don't have to change policies. And nobody has to be set an example of. You know, we still don't really talk about the Las Vegas shooter where squat. You know, nope. I can't imagine. I can't imagine if that was um, um, somebody of color generally. Right? We, we still uh, yeah. be having, like, our national day of mourning for that. <coughs> You know, but you know, it's interesting you say that, Jerome. You, you're absolutely correct about that. I mean, how you know he was, you know, as soon as one of those NFL players took a knee, oh, here we go. He was on Twitter. You saw fifteen thousand tweets. But it's like you said, crickets. When it comes to someone who looks like him, who commits an atrocity of some type of uh, hellacious act, you don't hear from this guy at all. And, and you're right. I mean, so. Think about how deep, bruh, suppression is, man. And I think you're touching the, the depths of it. How little subtle things on the outside you may not notice, but when you bring it to light, it is clear as the nose on my face, Mr. Express. Yeah, well, you know, I, I always feel like this. Whether it's the opioid crisis or, <laughs> or these gun shootings, it, our crisis in this country only happens when those folks who don't look like us feel like we need to care about them. Like, it's always a poor me or why me thing. As much as they complain that minorities complain a lot, complaints only come when it affects the majority, not even the majority of white folks. It could just happen to one. You know, some little girl can fall in a well, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, did you hear about, you know, Carol Ann? You know, she's in the TV. Like, we'll hear that. But you can do blatant stuff uh, on national TV, and people won't pay any attention. And that I can't say that um, you know that that dude created that environment. I am just saying he's the king mm. of exploitation. You know, so even mm-hmm. as he has, some, he pays off a, a a porn woman. He pays a hooker, and. Remember how long and how, like, um, irate everybody was with Michelle Obama having her sleeves out? Remember how yes. that was mm. that Or that right? comment You're, that she made that she's not, she's now proud of America. You know how they jumped on that. Remember that whole thing back in the 2008 no, no, uh, presidential no, campaign? No, I'm talking about in the, in the morality thing. 
Donald Trump does yeah. not even know the national anthem. Like we could we could do a comparison stuff, but then that would just be too subtle for the people. We're talking about something that is totally off the grid for anybody, right? I couldn't run mm-hmm. for school board paying some hooker. Mm-hmm. I, I might try that now and say the president did it, so whatever. But, <laughs> but, but honestly, that is like off limits. So wow. if you can do stuff that's off limits to our even in our psyche and sensibility and ignore it, there is something to be said about yeah. this country. Right? Because just like I said, that he's ignoring every time something happens to white folks. Like when they commit crimes, ignore it. When they pay hookers, ignore it. You know what I mean? Like there's something yeah. wrong. There, there's something there, wrong. There's also something wrong with the fact, Jerome, that all these people, these patriots that don't, don't, the the, the, the NFL players are disrespecting the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, law enforcement. But yet and still, he's bashing the FBI and the law enforcement, or yeah, he's exactly. the, 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 the security community. He's bashing the hell out of them. That's law enforcement that you're bashing, and nobody's saying anything to him about it. Nobody. Right. right. Law enforcement can go shoot down black people like crazy. That's not a problem. Law enforcement want to investigate something that is actually true, and it's like we got to rest this deep state. They don't want me to succeed. Yes. Like, are you and you can sell that? Mm-hmm. And, and like, he has that's, that's problematic. Yeah. It is very problematic. All those Blue Lives Matter folks, where you at? Where, where, where are these Blue Lives Matter folks out that are not crying out about this? That's what I'd like to know. Where are you at? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, well, I, you I, know, Dr. Prince of D, I heard you were trying to get in, Dr. Prince of D. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to say, too. Can we really just say that it has to do with him not wanting to say anything because um, white people were the, were the ones yeah. who, who were the corporate in this? Or can we also say, as it relates to gun laws, he, he is a supporter of the NRA, and he doesn't want to have that discussion. Because if you bring up the issues of the gun violence, then you have to bring up the regulations and things that need to be looked at in in regards to the to our gun laws. So I, I think that it may be a, a combination, and also again sticking it to the things that mean something to this man only seems to be those things that affect his image. <laughs> Somebody's saying something about him. It's it's not about us. He really doesn't care about this, these other issues that we have. It, it's what affects his personal bottom line, which is completely irrelevant to any of us, um, because that's not the point of his, not supposed to be the point of his uh, appointment in office. He, it, it, that's not it. But, I mean, I don't know if it's just a black-white thing or just, he doesn't want to have a discussion about gun laws. That's not his topic. He doesn't care. No, I, I think you know, I think as, you're right. It's a combination of both of them. You know what? Yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't say that because the problem is is that Republicans have a very masterful way of spinning that because their whole thing with guns is if one person comes with a gun, if everybody else was armed, we'd be good. So I think that he would take that on like nobody's business. Why we everybody should be armed? I think he would take the complete opposite of that. So I don't think it has anything to do with him being scared of NRA. Those guys push agendas 
to scare the heck out of you. So when there's one gun shot, and especially if that person got ki- get killed, they would say everybody needs to be armed. They would take that inf- they would take that opportunity to run with it. So I I don't think they're that smart. I don't think it's like playing one side against the other because they're about sensationalism and tabloids. So those people don't people don't think like that when they're tabloid people. They're just pretty much just like, oh, somebody shot somebody. We need to have more guns, and they will roll with that, and they've always have. Yeah. So he's not. I don't think he's running from it. I think that. I I think that it's the race of the person that committed the crime because if that person was black, they would be talking about why we need more guns to take out people like that. It would it would be a whole different conversation. I don't I, I don't know Absolutely. I don't know because because well, when he did what he did when what was done in Vegas, the majority were white people. Okay, so the white sniper white people. I mean, that's white okay. Well, 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 well yeah. the white people were, were were also affected by this violence. And and them the majority. And I don't and I don't think he's scared of the NRA. I think that he's he's in I, I don't believe the NRA is so big on changing what is in terms of the gun laws and, and I believe that he's in support of that. I believe that, that that they're on the same team. I don't believe that he's scared of any he's not scared of anybody. He's too narcissistic to be scared of anybody. He's only focused on himself. Well, he's scared of somebody, I all just, right. We know who that somebody is, Mr. Elias. <laughs> he's scared of Robert Mueller because we know it's gonna happen with that. Mr. Elias, yeah. let, me, let me give you the last word on this set. Well, you know, you know, like I said, the school shootings they were when I did I dove into it, it's only been uh I, I shouldn't say it's only been. It's been two school shootings this year where it has killed students, but the other school shootings have been at and around schools. So um, I think, you know, any any anytime you bring a gun into school, it, it's a bad situation. It's a bad combination. People are going to lose their lives. And yet and still we're not controlling this issue. We're not even trying to. The gun loophole laws are bad. They are horrible. Like I said, in the state of Indiana, I don't even have to to have anything that I could be a criminal and sell you a gun, and and walk away, and that's that's happening, and that's happening at the gun shows here. Well, I tell you what, man, uh, that comes from a guy who owns a lot of guns. Thank you, Mr. Elias. And the president, you know, the guy who we're talking about, the president, tell you what, uh, in this morning's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, uh, this guy is not very popular. And so we'll listen to a segment from NPR News, and we'll talk on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. We have a report card this morning for President Trump. It comes from a new NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll, fresh out this morning. And it is not good news for the president. A majority of Americans, 53%, say his first year in office has been a failure. NPR's lead political editor, Domenico Montanaro, is here with more details. Hi, Domenico. Hey there, David. So we've heard all year that President Trump's approval ratings have been, uh, you know, at record lows. So I guess this isn't too surprising. But can you dig into why exactly Americans have been unhappy with his performance? 
yeah, if you look at the issues, I mean, look at foreign policy. 54% of Americans say American foreign policy has deteriorated in the last year under this precedent. Most pressing for a lot of people is North Korea. Uh, 58% disapprove of this president's handling of North Korea, and more than 70% say they're worried about war breaking out with the country. Well, that's striking that that many people think a war could could be happening soon. Absolutely, and it's a huge number, and it's why so many people you can see were so scared when that uh, false alarm went out in Hawaii over the weekend. Um, You know, more than 60% say that he's done more to divide the nation than unite it. That's a huge number, two to one. Uh, And not surprising, perhaps, given that he's largely played to his base as the president. Uh, But, you know, that has helped him keep his base. Among the base, 91% say that his year has been a success, but he hasn't played much to the middle. Okay, so if he can look at his base as really being behind him as one positive, are there any other positives in these numbers that the president could could look at? Yeah, and they shouldn't be overlooked because they're big things, the economy and his handling of ISIS. You know, they're they're okay numbers for him, you know, by a margin of 48 to 40. People say that they uh, approve of the way he's handled uh, going after the terrorist organization ISIS. And the economy, most people say, is pretty good. So, you know, those are those are big things, obviously, especially in an election year. But his signature legislative achievement, the tax bill, still unpopular. So when he's going to try to sell that today, he's uh, underwater with that. You know, only 36% of the country approves of it. And most people, 6 in 10, think that his policies are aimed at helping the rich. Just a quarter say that he's trying to help the middle class. You know, we've been talking about setting up this election year, and there seem to be some competing narratives. I mean, the, the, the Republican National Committee seems to have more money than the Democratic Party, but the Democrats have won some races that, that suggest that maybe they could be looking for a good year. Are you learning anything in this poll that, that might help you predict where these congressional elections might go? Well, I always like to have the pollsters test what I call the generic ballot. Who do you want to control Congress? And right now, Democrats are ahead on that score by six points, but that's not a comfortable lead for Democrats and those hoping that Democrats will take back the uh, the House or Senate. I asked our pollster about this, and he said that there largely seems to be a change depending on how com- uh, Trump comports himself, You know whether or not he's embroiled in controversy. And we should say that this poll was taken before Trump's disparaging remarks about African countries relating to immigration. And the point was that if he stays cool, then it looks like he's plus, you know, that Democrats are plus five or six points as opposed to 17, hmm. like we've seen in other polls. That that could be worrying for Democrats and also a lesson for President Trump. Domenico, I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think both people who support this president and oppose him would agree that, that this first year has been sort of a, a defining moment in this country. Um, I mean, is there a way to step back and get a sense for where people see this country in, you know, a year into the Trump era? So again, this president's got a 37% approval rating right now, and 42% of the country think the country's changing for the worse. 36% think it's changed for the better. So again, we see that mid-30s number for the president on a lot of these scores for his positive marks. Um, nearly 6 in 10 think the country's going in the wrong direction. And what's fascinating about that is that it's been exactly almost the same number since Barack Obama was in office. But if you look below those numbers, uh, it's been a complete partisan flip. We've seen three quarters to you know, 8 in 10 Democrats uh, think that the country's going in the wrong direction when about that exact same number said they thought it was going pretty well under President Obama. And Fulton's last response about a TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. 
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Today is uh, Sunday morning, obviously, and it's the Sunday morning roundtable where we uh, spend time talking about things that are on the minds of our panelists. And so, Mr. Elias usually takes the second hour, the, I mean the first hour. The second hour belongs to you, Dr. Princess Aldea. What is on the mind of Dr. Princess Aldea this morning? Well, thank you, Jay. I'll tell you what's been on my mind since um, the recent events that took place in um, regards to Congressman Conyers. I don't don't think I've ever really been able to, I've not had an opportunity on the show to really have a discussion or I felt we could have a discussion centered around that alone, its intentions and how it impacted some things that, I think we're very monumental in our country's history. For example, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Day, the fact that the man that founded that day as well, he's listed as one of the co-founders, but he brought it to the table, um, was out of the office this year as a result of allegations um, brought up against him during a sexual harassment air. Um, that we've been experiencing. So I found I just I found it very um, unsettling to me for someone who has been very instrumental in our country's success in terms of racism and peace to um, be now not forced to, but per his statement, um, he decided to do it. And, and, you know, to cooperate. So I just wanted to know, did that, did that matter to anyone? Did that impact anyone? Um, the longest in Senate since 1964, the, someone who has been really, really successful and at the age of it's like 84, this is what, this is how he leads. How does that or has it impacted anyone? Or did they even realize what he, he was he there and he left? I never really heard people talk about him when he was there. But you know what I'm saying? Some people didn't even know that, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King was his best friend and and he continued that mission, that dream of peace and togetherness for all Americans. Did that matter to anyone? He just left and that's it. Well well, let me let me start off and then I'll pass it to my colleagues. You know, the bottom line is is that, um, and, and I feel weird saying this, because you can do all the right in the world, and everything you've done, you can have a, just a massive list of accomplishments, but it takes just one thing to knock that whole, that whole list down. And people are looking at, you know, what you did last. And unfortunately, that's going to be the last entry on his political career that this, you know, these allegations... Uh, came out that, you know, he paid people and, and all this other nonsense. 
um, you know, I do think it has an impact on it. But then the question becomes, and maybe I'm flipping this around, and, and, and I'll pass the mic to you next, Mr. Elias. The question becomes, you know, because you've done good things in your life, if you do something that's not so good, you should be held accountable. And I think that when you look at um, – uh, uh, what, what happened with You know people wonder why all these Republicans Rally around their people because they Probably feel the same way I can't believe this guy Would do this you know my interactions With this person he never acted this way But we all know that there's some you know People do things in the light but people also Do things in the dark uh, To answer your question Dr. Princess Odia I really believe that him Leaving uh, definitely a, there, There's definitely a gap there you know, someone has to fill that void, and hope, hopefully, members of the Black Congressional Caucus could, could definitely, uh, you know, try to figure out a way to rally and really become a stronger unit moving forward. Uh, Dr. Uh, Mr. Elias, uh, what say you? Well, I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. Um, I think I think Democrats throw the baby out with the water. If you look at it, Republicans, they they hold they hold strong. And I, I would have looked at some of them and been like, well, when you start throwing your people out, I'll throw mine out. They don't do that. They still got a congressman from from Houston that that has paid people off with congressional money. And he said, you know what? I'll pay him back. And he's still in office. They don't now, who are you talking about? Because I know there's one guy that's uh, he's uh, I know there's one and he's going he's not going to run for reelection. I'm not sure who you right. refer to. Do you remember the name of the congressperson? Is that the same? I one don't know the name guy? of it. Okay. I, okay. I don't remember right, the name of it. Yeah. But it, there, there's, there's a couple of congressmen that have done that, and there's still Republican congressmen and senators that have done that, and they're still in office. Yeah, they there's our president who's done things. <laughs> Thank you. Even <laughs> done things, and, and, and a bunch of women came forth to, to you know, against them. Congressman had one lady, and he didn't touch her, and, and it was an allegation, not something I came for, but it was an allegation of her interpretation of, of what took of, of what took place. But you know, I like heard you it was said, actually more than one. But but you know, I didn't well, I, I, I heard there's over one. there's over two hundred there's two hundred and sixty plus people who allegedly who have been paid off in this situation. But I mean yeah. who has come forward publicly, I believe there's only one person. One person but and even her statement not to not to minimize her impression of, of what took place or what took place in that moment, but she she took a presentation as an advancement, essentially. And you know, so I mean, however it was, I, I'm not here to to debate the woman's um, situation. I'm not. What happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just I, I just and I know he bowed out. He said she yeah. could not. You know, not not to have any issues and all of that, and he took it right. out, and I'm sure he was advised to do so at 84. You know, come on, man. Just, you know, I, I I don't know. I I just don't know if I agree with him being even if if well he was, but him being guided to do such a thing because he was actually ready to to fight his position as he tweeted, but you know later on down the line. We know what happened. Yeah. What about you, Jerome? Your thoughts on this, man? Um, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, my, my whole thought about, you know, again, I think I kind of 
repeated this quite a bit, but my my whole thought about the whole concept of people like coming in and out of like um, Congress, and I spoke I just spoke about this last night for for Al Franken, for example, to yeah. resign after some woman said that he felt her butt when she was taking a picture while her husband was taking a picture of her is crazy. Yeah. And on the Republican side, you, I mean, people have shot people. Mm-hmm. Had um, affairs on their wives, paid off interns. They have done some things, and they will not resign. There is there is no counterbalance to this. Like I, I it's not even a reasonable um, expectation to say, here's what Democrats should do. Right, I think Democrats are beside themselves with the concept of if it looks this way, we have to react because mm-hmm. right. the Democrats don't have no moral high ground on nobody. Although they are not even comparable to the Republicans, Republicans have no shame. You know what I mean? They held um, the, the <laughs> children's health insurance program chips. Over everybody's head They yeah. didn't give a rat about no children They actually put that six year Extension on chip Because they wanted to pass a budget To make um, Trump look good For the State of the Union Coming up on Tuesday That's all they wanted to extend it for They didn't give a rat about no kids So you know when, yeah. when we start looking at this In a fair comparison side You have one side that don't give a rat About no Body, but they damn selves. It ain't just Trump. Hmm. It is Mitch McConnell, yep. who acts like he was respectful of President Obama, which he wasn't. You have Paul Ryan, who is watching the committee chairs in Congress um, obstruct the um, yeah. investigation, and he's the head of Congress, and he's letting Horrible. that go on. He's letting anything. it go on. Right, yeah. so some dudes don't have no weak. no any kind of morality to stand on. Weak, this weak. You know, he he's a weak individual. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two fifty five minutes after the hour. Uh, you, you know, okay. So when we talk about Congressman Conyers and and you know what happened with him with the whole sexual harassment thing and and you know Congress, you know, I I, I mean, you know, I don't know where how to feel. I feel some type of way about this because on one hand, I agree with. My male colleagues on the show, like, hey, look, bottom line is, is that the Republicans do this all the time, and why are the Democrats, as soon as someone, you know, looks like they've walked on that side of the track, then all of a sudden they're going to bail out. But on the other hand, you know, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, but wait a minute, does it really matter? You know, if you do something that's unethical, if you do something that uh, that is morally unjust. I mean, think about the argument that's going yeah. on right now, Mr. Elias. A lot of people are pissed off because the conservative unit, you had Perkins on television all week saying they asked him a simple question. Do you condone what the president's done? He's paid off a hooker. I mean, a freaking porn star. Well, you know, he needs to be prayed <laughs> up and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but wait a minute. You were the same voices on the other side of the fence talking about President Obama, a man who, by the way, really was scandalous free, 
uh, the, his his uh, relationship with his wife. You know, they made wrote books and made movies out of. You know, it's one of those traditional love stories. But yet, and still, you have a guy who's had three wives, and according to what these reports are, he had an affair on his second, on his third wife after she had given birth to Baron. And so, yeah. you know, but but they're all well. You know, he, you know, we pray him up and all. You. This is the hypocrisy yeah. of what's going yeah. on in this country. It's 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 it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Because that's why the evangelicals we believe in. Yeah, because he believes in because he's going to pass the policies that we want. You can talk about President Trump all you want to, but I think the damage that he's doing to this nation. Think about all the uh, all the judges that he's putting in place at the lower levels. Man, dude, yep. these are lifetime appointments. Lifetime. Hmm. Go ahead, Doctor Priscilla. Yep. I knew you were trying to say something. Well, I, I was going to say, and Mr. Elias was, too, I, but I'm, I'm going to be very quick, that one thing that I, I have a problem with, too, is that John Conyers um, was actually, the minute the allegations came to the forefront, the Black Caucus were on it like white on rice and, and, and totally against it. So, I mean, so, I mean, they don't, it seems like within the Democratic Party, there's, there's definitely not a good boy system there, you know, like, we stand by our people. Um, it, and so it's that that was sad. It was like immediately, immediately, and their allegations, you know, immediately. So he didn't have, he he didn't have support. He didn't have support from his own from the beginning. Now what gets me is the evangelicals, man. They stand behind Trump. They stand behind this guy. No matter what he does, they stand behind him. Nobody said anything about him saying how great, you know, there were good and bad people on both sides of Charlottesville. That was a travesty. But they stand behind this guy no matter what he does. So don't hand me that crap about evangelicals not being racist. They're one of the most racist groups out there. Yeah. Uh, let me give you the last word, Jerome. You know what? I, I don't have any I don't have any words for the hypocrisy, man. It's, it's, that's tough for me because I think it's so dark and obvious that we even have, you know, we have to stop playing into acting like it is a conversation. That's how egregious it is. So for Trump um, supporters and, and again, the, the porn woman, she wasn't the only porn person. She was just, a, yeah. the, the, I guess, the most popular or most famous one. Apparently, there was like at least six others. So, technically, you can pray up all you want to, but that dude's been off the rails, and um, we need to just kind of call him on it. Yeah. I have no yeah. words. And, 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 and additionally, again, the Democrats need to be stop being so freaking sensitive. And um, just like Conyers and, um, and Franken, I think they all need to run for re-election. And let, now that that stuff is out there... I think they need to run and win after that's been out there. I yeah. think we need to yeah. own it. Yeah. Mm. That's, uh, that's interesting, man. I, I, that's, I never thought of it from that perspective. Good stuff. All right, coming up next, uh, talking about Mr. Spree. What do you want to talk about this morning, huh? All right, listen, folks, listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back here, 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rob Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRX Radio Network, online radio. It's best to say good morning to our panelists. Once again, let's say good morning to the very lovely Dr. Princess Idea. Good morning, Doc. How are you? I am amazing. Good morning, everyone. Yes, you are. Smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit is in the house as well. Jerome, man, good morning, sir. How are you? He's here, I promise. He's here. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Oh, there he is. Jerome, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding. The man who runs everything, the one and only Mr. Elias is in the house. Mr. Elias, man, good morning. How are you, sir? I am good, sir, and how are you doing this morning? Doing outstanding. Can we say hello to some folks in the chat, if you don't mind, sir? Uh, we got this one in there, man. Believe it or not, it's Covina, man. What do you mean, believe it or not? It's not believe it or not. You know he's going to be in the house. What's going on, Covina? How well, I'm you just doing, saying there's only one in there. I'm just saying, you know. It's usually a bunch of... You know, the thing of... is, I don't worry about... Yeah, usually I don't worry about that, though, man, because I think people still listen. Well, people are listening everywhere. So I was looking at the live numbers from last week's show, so it's like, wow. So I don't know what that means, but I can care less. But you're listening, so that's good. Kavina, what's happening, man? Good morning to you, sir. I want to say what's up to a lot of people who are actually tuning in. I'll say hi to a few. The pastor's in the house. What's going on? Pastor Jay in the house. Mitch is in the house. Ro- Roberta. Roberta is in the house. What's going on? Carlos. What's up, brother? My boy, you're Max in the house from the Bronx. What's happening to you, man? Kathy's in the end. Kathy's here. Uh, Sam, Felicia, Jacob, uh, just uh, Brad. I just can't name everyone, but everyone, good morning. Welcome, man. Johnny D's in the house as well, the resident expert. Our resident Texas in the house, so good morning to you too as well. And good morning to Mac, and appreciate him for tuning in. And Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli's tuning in on the on the uh, phone lines. Hey, baby, how are you? And, of course, our colleague, Rich Sister from the J. Riles Show, is in the house. And she's also the host of a show called Thoughts for Visions. You can go out on Facebook and see her live uh, on uh, on that platform. All right, 347 It is the Sunday Morning Roundtable where we ask our guys to bring a topic to the table that's near and dear to their heart or something that we they feel we should discuss. And so last but certainly not least, the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, Mr. Spree, man, the floor is yours, brother. What's on your mind this morning? All right. Well, I didn't have anything on my mind until I saw a news story. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this. I didn't know Van Jones had a show on Saturday night, but Mm -hmm. I actually checked out some of it yesterday, and he had Jay-Z on Uh So, right. you know, Jay-Z, um, you know, he's, um, Jay-Z is smart as heck. And so yeah, he was yeah. thoughtful and even in how he kind of approached, you know, talking about politics or anything um, um, kind of in pop culture. He's very thoughtful in doing it. But this morning, guess who guessed? After Jay-Z's response uh, during that show, who um, tweeted something at 8.18 this morning. <laughs> and it said, no. somebody tweeted I, I don't know who. Wait, I'll tell, you what the, I'll tell you what he tweeted first. Somebody please inform Jay-Z that because of my policies, black unemployment has been reported to be the, at the lowest rate 
ever recorded. What policy? First of all, again, didn't we just start off by saying earlier today, white folks can shoot people, gun folks down, have bestiality. They can do anything they want to, but he watched a black man, Van Jones' show, with Jay-Z on it just to refute something Jay-Z said. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Is he not supposed to be president or something? That's what I heard. <laughs> like, he was supposed to do something. <laughs> well, they wow. say all he does, Jerome, is watch TV. That's what they say. All he does is watch cable television. He pushed no, back, no, he he pushed he back he his day. Shootings on TV. Huh? No, he doesn't. Well, he should have saw all them shootings on TV if he watched he saw TV. He just shows what he says is compelled to, uh, um, to reply to black people whenever black folks make comments. That's right. what he feels compelled to do. Absolutely, I agree. So, you know, now, um, Jared Bernstein, who, if you don't know who he is, he um, was Vice President Joe Biden's um, former economic advisor, Right. He said Trump has yeah. nothing to do with the decline of African American jobless rate or any other group's rate. It, he's completely right, right in a trend he inherited. And while the unemployment rate for African Americans may be at 6.8, it is still almost double that of white unemployment, which is 3.7. Yeah. Like that needs to be said. And when I hear people say stuff like, "Oh, it's the lowest black unemployment rate," that's a misnomer. And that trend has been going that way since 2010. So he had nothing to do with it. But he's exactly. He's quick to take credit for stuff. And at the same time, um, when black people say something, he has something smart to say. When Eminem just this week called him an effing turd, he didn't say nothing to Eminem. That was this week, too. <laughs> right? Jay-Z said that he felt, and I can't remember his quote specifically, but I think he was just saying that he felt disappointed that he made that asshole countries when he talked about black countries. He said, I was disappointed. That's all Jay-Z said. Eminem called him an effing turd. Hmm. Wow. What's the difference between them two besides complexion? I don't know. No, <laughs> that, that you know I, I find that strange, Jerome, because this, this cat is—you're right—he's living off the the uh, President Obama's uh, off of his policies. What yeah. policy did he put in place? I, I I still don't get why don't anybody question that. What policies are you talking about? You put in place so that the economy is doing better? Are you talking about the thousands of jobs that are being lost? Right. This bubble is about to happen, Jerome. I can see it coming a mile away. Yeah. People are losing like a, their jobs by the mounds now. I, I like to remind people of Reagan. After yeah. the first year of Reagan, after the tax break, the second year, unemployment went up to 10%. Mm-hmm. So as we yeah. watch everybody losing jobs like crazy, um, everybody act like they can't see it. Mm-hmm. Some try to blame it on something else. But... It is purely these policies that's going to make I, – I forgot who just laid off folks. And they said if it wasn't for the Trump tax cut, we would not have the cash to start laying people off. Mm-hmm. There's a major corporation that said that. 
Wow. So you know where this is going. Yes. Oh, by the way. If you don't see it, uh, something is wrong. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jay-Z said now we have Donald Trump, the superbug. He did call him a superbug, like he's kind of a parasite, but (laughs) he didn't call him an effing turd, that Eminem brother. It's a superbug. Yeah. Uh, Well, but you know what? He has a pattern of treating people, Dr. Princess Odia, of color uh, in a certain way. I mean, look what's going on in, 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 in uh, Puerto Rico. I mean, look, look, look at that. I mean, how That's long ago was that storm? And, and, and so yeah. maybe I think 65% of the island, the island is up now. And, you know, listen, and in fairness, you know, because of where they're located, you have to get things there. I understand all that. But the bottom line is they were, you know, when that, when that thing first, that first, when that first, uh, when the storm first hit, and the initial reports, there were like ships of there were like ships and ships and ships of supplies sitting in the in the freaking harbor because they didn't have the right infrastructure in place or the federal government didn't put things in place to make sure that they were able to board that stuff to, to you know to disembark that stuff from the ship to the freaking island. And then for him yeah. to say they've exaggerated the death tolls in Puerto Rico, it, this guy wow. his track record. When it comes to people of color, is non-existent almost. And to listen to some of these, I was watching uh, Politics Nation this morning, and there's this black reverend. I mean, there's two of them, but there's one, a little short, bald-headed guy. That guy is always, that guy, man, he is drinking the Trump Kool-Aid. And to listen to these guys just stick their nose so far up his behind to tell what he ate for lunch last, ate for lunch yesterday, it's just, it's appalling. And and it just makes you think, what? Freaking planet are y'all from? Not to see, you know, Emma Rosa. Maybe she got a wake up call. She realized that hey, you know what? No matter how much you kiss his tail, you still black. And guess what? At the end of the day, you are gonna come out in the losing end of the state. Well, wow. well, okay. I'm not gonna talk about Emma Rosa because she said she walked out and because she she woke up. Well, yeah, she didn't okay. walk out. She walked out. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, you want to well, call that? Well, security guards walked her ass out. Yeah. <laughs> well, but 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 she say she oh, woke man. up. <laughs> she woke up. Y'all live at leave Amarosa Hall. She woke up. They woke her up. Get out. <laughs> yeah. They woke but, up and told her get her ass out. Well, you know, one thing I want to say too, uh, another thing, even in regards to uh, Jay Z and Trump. <laughs> Jay Z, the difference between Jay Z and and um, with Eminem, first of all. Um, Economic, economically, they don't compare. Um, threat, I could imagine um, Trump is not threatened by anything Eminem says. He probably feels he doesn't have much influence, and, and it's not probably worth a comment. Jay-Z, yeah, he's a little running that. He's up there. He's got, he's got money. He's got power. I'm sure he sees him differently. And then, and then even with Puerto Rico, who came to the forefront? Jay-Z, while, you know, and that was talked about, too, what Jay-Z did versus what um, what Trump did, which is nothing. And um, I think that Trump is, Trump is, is just, he's threatened. I mean, even, even for the black race, hell. I mean, we, we are very powerful, it's clear. Um, he doesn't have respect for people of color um, or anybody. Uh, he doesn't have respect for anybody. <laughs> so, 
whether you're black, white, I don't give a kick who you are. I don't, he has no, I don't think respect is his agenda, his, uh, outside of what he deems should be how people should respect him. And what he chases to prove is that he's worthy of some type of respect or, notor- or, notor- or notoriety as a result of whatever he's thought in his head that he's done or chooses to, to take credit for. So, I don't know. I mean, Trump Trump is, is his own thing, you know. And, and, yeah, I'm sure, I mean, him to even take time to even watch Jay-Z, to even watch it. You know, it, it it automatically, because of how Trump has proven himself to be, says that he thought it was a threat. And he thought it was, it, he thought it important enough to say something about that, but he's not saying anything about the things that are happening, as we talked earlier, in regards to gun laws or shootings in schools or anything like that. So, I mean, come on. Well, this guy even, is in, even if we looked at it and compare uh, occupation, Eminem has a ton of money. Don't, don't. I, I know that. Way. I know that. He's from my own town. I understand that, but he's not. But, but the he's not going to Well, first of all, that he is just as much as a threat as Jay-Z is, which Jay-Z is not a threat to him, right? Just like his um, biographer said, um, Trump, he has an admir- he, he admires and fears black people. Yeah. That's what it is. Yep. I so, believe that. Technically, it's not that, you know, um, Popovich, you know, the co- in, um, the coach of the San Antonio. San Antonio, Spurs. yeah. Yeah, it is, it's not like he didn't lighten the trunk. It ain't like that those guys are not going off on him on a daily basis. His issue is with black people, and a part of it is fear and admiration of black people. Absolutely. I don't know Absolutely. why at any point we don't like to say that at all. But that man has an obsession with black people. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, that's, that's why I say we're very powerful. You know, he knows that. Well, his problem is is that he his from a distance that he cares about what black people say because I, I think it's a combination of him wanting people to be afraid of him and wanting them to to love him at the same time. Mm. But that is never going to happen. Black people. Never loved your butt, even though they put you in songs about you being rich. It was the gaudiness of him showing wealth that people were speaking about, not the fact that they were like, like bowing down to money. You know, so even though people like Russell Simmons said stuff like, you know, um, Donald Trump was a mentor and that kind of thing, those dudes still even had to walk away. Russell wasn't right for doing that, but at the same time, that that dude equates the fact that he was in the presence of, of, um, of coffee cones and all of them, that somehow he has some black credentials, but he hates them at the same time. Hmm. It's schizophrenic. Wow. Johnny D has checked in He said what's on my mind The anticipation of Donald Trump's State of the Union speech Which I will now watch Don't be surprised if he makes an appeal to African Americans By pretending he has reduced The unemployment rate for African Americans Therefore it is incumbent upon Broadcasts such as the serious side To educate all listeners His policies had nothing to do with the reduction In unemployment due to the fact He has passed no significant legislation Directly impacting the job force 
Although the unemployment rate for African Americans is 6.8% compared to Caucasian Americans, 3.7%, remains disproportionate. Some of the causes is certainly an improved economy, and the African Americans are becoming more educated. However, we can't underscore the prison reentry initiatives, which were favorably supported by President Obama and the bipartisan group of the House and Senate leaders, which allowed employers to remove questions about your criminal history on the application. I didn't know that. The smart sentencing legislation released a significant number of persons that were incarcerated, and we know the disproportionate number of African Americans and minorities impacted by this legislation as they are required by the conditions of their supervision to have gainful employment. Therefore, persons who would normally be reflected as unemployed in the African American community are now able to gain employment. He says, thank you, President Obama. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two eleven. You know, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know that, uh, that, that uh, the criminal history was removed from the applicant. Wow, I didn't know that. Good stuff. Uh, so, Jay, so, you um, know, Jerome, so when you go ahead, man. Jay, Jay, I want to read something from Vanessa on it since we were doing taxes. She said she was in Puerto Rico yeah. in December. She said no hot water, wires are hanging everywhere, and she said it's horrible. She said that her and her husband are going to Puerto Rico in December. We're done. They say we're going to Puerto Rico and, it, and it's not ready for visitors. I don't think it is. There were, you know, I saw a news report the other day where they had some people. They showed a part of Puerto Rico where they had people out eating and all that good stuff. But the bottom line is, the majority of that uh, island is still just not where it should be. Um, so, you know, going back to President Trump, and, and listen, so this guy changed his work schedule. So now instead of coming in the office. Early, he comes in at 11 o'clock, and, you know, they say he watches TV all day long, and he's influenced by what he watched late, by the last program that he watched. But usually he tunes into Fox News, and Fox News really give him his talking points for the day. And so a lot of the Repu- – here's what I don't get, Jerome, and this is what I want to ask you. Why are all these Republicans risking their careers for a man who would not do the same for them – and who will only be in office, hopefully, just a couple of more years, but we'll see how the, the investigation turns out. Why are they doing this, man? How much sense does this make for them to do what they're doing? We're talking about career guys, some guys who Democrats have said, you know what, we may have a different opinion on politics, but, you know, there are some good things about this person. These types of individuals are starting to step up and sound like freaking Sean Hannity freaking army members Where they just kiss the president's butt to no end Why are they doing this? What's the gain from this? Oh the gain is Is that your If your if your districts are jury rigged To a degree That you have a low threshold When you go back in your district The only people you're hearing is from Trump people so you don't want to be the guy That said that you're not helping him Right? Even if you disagree with him You want to say hey at least I'm towing a party line, something that Democrats don't know right. nothing about. But at the same time, that um, they're going to die on the sword with them because numerically they figure that all they have to do is wait him out, and then they can say, oh, I disagree with him, but, you know, we needed to get something done. So they'll make a kind of excuse for it and then ignore the obvious. You know what I mean? Like they haven't wow. passed yeah. Republican control House and in Senate or Congress has not passed the budget in three years. So nobody's right. gonna be surprised to have till the end of February to 
to do the 2000 to start the process for the 2019 budget year, and they have not even passed the budget for this year yet. Mm. Right. So you're talking less than you know you got about less than 30 days to start your budget process for 2019. So <laughs> how functional are they as a, as a governing body? And nobody's let them pay a price for that yet. The only thing that's going to take a hold, that's going to take hold of them, is the fact that that Mueller investigation is going to pull out some some yes. stuff that we ain't even thinking about looking at. Right? Yeah. Not that that stuff ain't even important as that money laundering stuff with those um, Russian mob dudes and the mob folks in New York that he's been dealing with. That when that stuff start coming out. Then you're going to watch some fireworks start to go. Because those financial crimes, he can't pardon because if they happen in New York State, technically New York State's going to prosecute them. So what? we're going to watch that take an ugly toll. Um, and and then, we'll, then those guys who want to have some plausible deniability will say stuff like, oh, I don't know what the heck he was doing at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, I don't know what he was doing at Trump Hotel in D.C. Like, they're going to try to act like they ain't had nothing to do with it. So hmm. they think that that's cover. I'm, I'm waiting to see. Is. I'm waiting to see because they said he wanted to fire um, uh, Mueller. They, they, he, they, he wanted to get rid of him. And, and they, 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 I think it was the New York Post that posted that. And, they, and he said, no, that was fake news. That's fake. That, that never happened. And they had proof that he did. He was trying to get rid of him. Yeah, because he's not smart. He doesn't realize Mueller is smarter. So what's going on is that when they gather evidence against anybody, and they have to pat, they pass it along. So even if you fire that guy, that evidence that he probably already has against you is already in the prosecutor's hands in another jurisdiction. That is not going to the U.S. Attorney because the the uh, he remarkably interviewed U.S. Attorneys for the Southern District for New York and for the district that Mar-a-Lago sits in. So he already impeded into uh, inquiries against him by actually trying to build a, a, a personal relationship with the prosecutors first. Again, this is this is worse than Watergate. It's gonna it's gonna blow up in epic proportions, man. And um, I am just, you know, sitting here with popcorn, man, just kind of going, "All right, we got to let this all out work." <laughs> Serious. I don't think anybody's gonna <clears throat> over this. You yeah, about this to fight to figure out what not man. to do. Yeah, this is gonna be an unprecedented time in American history. It, it really and truly is, I tell you. I cannot wait. I'm like you Jerome, man. I have butter on mine. I can't wait to see what happens next. All right. We're done with the talking party show. Coming up next, Chatterbox, another comment from Johnny D from last week that we didn't get chance to read. And on a need to know basis with Jerome Spring. Talking's over, but the show is still going on. We'll be right back. About one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. 
Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. They can't escape. Or call for help. Only you can save them. I'm James Cromwell. Please join with me and Peter, people for the ethical treatment of animals, to help put an end to animal abuse worldwide. For just $19 a month, you can immediately help save animals who are in danger right now. Peter has already stopped the suffering of countless individual animals. And no organization is more successful in exposing cruelty to animals than Peter. Call or go online now, and you'll receive a one-year subscription to Animal Times magazine. Plus, you'll also receive this handy reusable shopping bag and an informative guide to animal-friendly products. Don't let them suffer another minute. Please call or go online now.
right, welcome back in, folks. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, what do you have this morning? I got Covina, man. He says, white evangelical Christians, evangelists or for white people, Trump and white supremacy is not for Jesus. He said he, said he had trouble logging in the chat. That could explain why he was the only one here. He said Trump amuses that uh, amuses that black pe- that black people are dumb. Also, those racist hillbillies who voted for him. Trump can't claim to help blacks without any proof. We don't play that. Tell us how you really feel, Kamita man. Wow. All right, listen. Last <laughs> week, uh, <laughs> I tell you, man, he brings, I love him. He, he brings, brings the noise I, every week. I love him, man. Every week. And that guy's been listening to this show, man, for probably six years, man. He's here every morning on time, and probably oh. longer than that. Remember, remember when Kavita man first? We'll, we'll talk about that later, because Kavita man was a rebel oh. when he first came in here, but we had to tone him oh. down a little bit, Jesus. <laughs> also, Vanessa right, says, man, uh, oh, Dan Jones is on the uh, CNN now. They're talking about the tweet. Oh, okay, good. Tune in after we're done. All right, listen, here's a uh, text from last week from Johnny D. He says, each week we have an opportunity to give voice to a demographic of people, predominantly African Americans, regarding issues and topics that affect us in capital letters. Please continue to bring the issues to the people. However, we have a responsibility to lift up and educate the listeners and do so in a manner that removes us from the barbershop lingo and vernacular. True freedom is being able to voice your concerns and exercise your choice. Great show. Love you, big bro. Love you, little bro. Love you, love you, love you. All right, let me get to some of these other comments we have out here. Uh, wow, a lot. All right, let me get to uh, Mitchell from uh, Wisconsin. I've been listening to this show for over four years, and it has evolved nicely. Okay, thank you, Mitch. Every edition added, i.e., your thoughts, please, segment, and the official show texter has made this show a must listen for people of color. Jerome better watch out. Johnny is tr- trying to challenge his title as the smartest man in the world. Okay. I went from Roberta from Corpus Christi, Texas. She says, I'm a lifelong Democrat and is a person of color. I'm appalled at the comments that were made during your 9 o'clock segment. <laughs> wow, okay. If a man sexually harasses a woman, it doesn't matter if he's black, white, Democrat, Republican. It is wrong. It's especially disheartening to hear a female adding her voice to that nonsense. Hashtag truly disgusted. Ouch. Uh, And we hear from the pastor here. He says, I want to commend the young man for standing up and acknowledging his mistake. I do agree. In the land of Trump, we do need to laugh. And yes, we get plenty of humor from Jerome, the princess, and Mr. L.E.S. But it is always above board. 99% of it sometimes, the language goes south. But that's why I continue to pray them up, LOL. <laughs> I love you guys and continue the success on an outstanding show. Thank you so much, Pastor. And on that note, five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? For my favorite part of the show, on a need to know basis with the smartest man in the world, current title holder, Jerome is free, man. What you got for us, sir? Man, you know, um, a Utah State University student was taken to a local hospital after swallowing a Tide Pod. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I saw that in the news. Oh, my God. 
They said it wasn't a part of the social media craze, the Tide Pod Challenge. Now, the reason I'm laughing is because how dumb do you have to be to put laundry detergent in your system? If that's a oh. challenge, yo, I, hey, I happen to side on the side of um, George Carlin on this. If you dumb enough to do something like that, hell, natural selection has to be in order. You can't. You can't just wow. put stuff in your body. What you what you want me to feel sorry for that? Like seriously? No. Challenge, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. If if somebody asks you to put um Clorox or something in your body or Drano or something, don't do it. I know that's crystal meth. I didn't realize that's how they made crystal meth, but don't do that either. Mm. Wow. Look. It's, wow. it's, I couldn't remember the guy's name, but you you guys talked about the um, the Republican who was removed from the House House Ethics Committee. His name was um, Patrick Meehan, and he did say that he wasn't going to run for re-election after um, he settled his um, sexual harassment um, claims with taxpayer money. Hmm. Not, he's still not resigning from Congress, though. He said he's not going to no. run for re-election. Right. Yeah. They're not resigning. They'll stay. They hey, they go. They fight it with everything they have. Yep. All right. Now, um, you know, I can't remember, but I think we did talk about this. I'm not sure that the Gu- the Guggenheim Museum turned down the White House request to borrow a Van Gogh. But they did offer them a golden toilet. <laughs> did we talk about that last? No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a there's a display that's called. Um, well, first of all, the White House asked the Guggenheim, the museum, to display a Van Gogh. It's a painting in white or something. Is what it was called. And um, so. The Guggenheim has this fully functional toilet titled America, and it's gold. Wow. And they let, I mean, it was available for public use. Tens of thousands of people used that toilet, and they said wow. that they would give that to the White House and let them put that on display. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a symbol of America's wealth and, um, and wastefulness. So it's a gold toilet. <laughs> wow, man! If that ain't a if that ain't a sending a message, I don't know what it is. It it was the White House didn't respond whether they would take that one instead. But I I like the Guggenheim's um, nerve on this one. Like yeah. I know we're not gonna do that. We'll give you something you can use. Yeah, you gonna take this toilet? Everybody use. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's that's all you gonna get is the toilet. I w- I wonder if they're going to have a hashtag Don't nobody go in the bathroom about 35, 45 minutes Yeah, 45 minutes Yeah, that's a, that, that should be a given <laughs> um, Larry Witherspoon coming in Yeah, he should be in there talking Really? Right. So I don't know if you guys saw this But, um, and I think I talked about Maddie Larson Who um, took the stand on the sixth day Of that U.S. gymnastic doctor Larry Nasser's um, Sentencing for his criminal sexual conduct trial. She's right. 25 years old. And he, not only did he, I'm not going to get too gross, but put his fingers in her. 
she said, now she was 14 years old, and he was abusing her at the Caroli Ranch, you know, Bella Caroli and his wife, whatever her name is, um, they treated this black girl like crud. And I know it was 150 or 160 other girls that they sexually assaulted. But not only did this guy sexually assaulted her, there was one of the other coaches and daughters mistreating her. Now, this girl competed at an elite level from 2008 until 2010. She was U.S. National Championship champion in floor exercises in 2010. And, um... She was the U.S. National Championship in 2006. Then she got injured, and then she qualified for the championships again in 2007 and made the national team in 2008. That girl flushed out of there because they were abusing her. So wow. I, I say all of this to say don't let your little girls go to no farm for no dog on body without supervision. Really? How about that? Really, that is that whole deal was wow. crazy to me. Yeah, it was. And, and, and even in the end, in the end, he acted like it was their fault. Right. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Not not only is um, you know, are they forcing the Olympic Committee members? They're forcing them all to resign. Yep, and they should. the University of Michigan, um, I think the president resigned, the athletic director, yep. like all of them need to go. Yeah, they do. Some people on their staff was abusing folks. Damn. So even though those girls were telling them that they were getting abused by the doctor, they didn't care. They still let it go. Wow. Wow. I, I didn't see Trump tweeting, tweeting Jack about that. No, he didn't. We all know that this has been in the news. Yeah. But, you know, to Maddie Larson, you know, credit when she got to speak, she just said, I effing hate you. Like, she just went to town on that dude. So, you know, Allie Rasman, um, who was uh, a medalist in the last Olympics, and the Olympics before she actually did, she um, sent a message of support to um, Maddie Larson. She said, I want you to know that I've never thought you'd cost the team a gold medal. Everyone don't forget that the team qualified third into the finals. The, U, the U.S. Um, AG, which is the um, Olympic the committee, has um, forever has manipulated us to feel guilty and worthless when we don't win gold medals. Hmm. That time is over, and the finals we finished behind the gold team by two tenths, and mm. Allie Rasman almost fell off the beam, got more points deducted from her than Maddie Larson did, and they blamed the black girl. <laughs> wow. So Allie Rasman said, look, um, that please know that um, don't ever forget when I was young, you were my favorite gymnast on the floor. You inspired me, and you always, you still do to this day. And I know so many other people are inspired by your iconic floor routines and your bravery to speak out, your true role model. And that's far more valuable than any medals you can ever win. And I'm proud of you, 
and stand behind you. Mm. And and again, we know that Gabby Douglas was abused by that same man. And yep. um, I can't remember who's the newest gold medal. Simone winner. Biles. Simone was. Yep. Yep. So there you have it. Now, okay. Here, here's my here's gonna be my favorite story of the day. If not of of the uh, of the year already, you know a journalist has revealed a 13 year old photo of Barack Obama posing with Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in Chicago. They kept it under wraps for 13 years. <laughs> really, <laughs> Muhammad? Yes. Man, what, what do you think would have happened if they'd have posted that? Good man. God. It's a nice picture. I actually posted it. <laughs> really? I got to go look at it, man. Okay. Oh, yeah. He, he posted the picture. It was taken in, in at a black, a congressional black caucus in 2005. And uh, the photographer uh, revealed the photo on Thursday. And he said that he gave up the picture at the time and basically scored secrecy out of uh, concern that they would make it would make a dim difference and damage Obama's political future. And the former president was a Illinois state senator at the time of the photo, but Muhammad said that he promised and made arrangements to give it to um, Leonard Farrakhan, the uh, minister's son-in-law and chief of staff, and he said he gave him the disc from the camera but had a copy on his computer file. He said because he was afraid someone would break in and steal um, steal it from his apartment if they knew what they were looking for. Mm. Said he felt more at ease with Minister Farrakhan having it. Wow. So, yeah, and and he said he felt a little bit better after Minister Farrakhan said in 2016 that Obama had visited his house in Chicago. <laughs> so it wasn't a secret wow. anymore that they knew each other. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know. Um, I guess his name is Skia Muhammad. He did contact Minister Farrakhan in autumn of 2017 with the final manuscript for a self-published book that contains the photo. So I know I must have said this a thousand times on this show, but it was no surprise that President Obama and Minister Farrakhan knew each other, being that they were doing works in Chicago. I don't know who was fooled by that, but it's hilarious now to me that they were able to keep that up under wraps for that dog along. They had a fake birth certificate going. If they would have found that, mm. ooh, they would have had a field day. Oh, they would have had. Uh, man, it would it is <laughs> it would have been all, it would have been bad. It would have been really bad. Yeah, because Reverend Wright was nothing in comparison. No. Nothing. Wow. Wow! 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 That's just crazy. Yeah, I I can't I can't even have a um I don't even have a rebuttal to that, but it's just uh, interesting uh interesting scenarios that play all in our heads, being that people can't seem to let stuff go. Yeah. Now, um, Tiffany Haddish, the comedian, uh, she released uh, a Groupon um, official uh, Super Bowl commercial for Groupon. Now, if you don't know, Tiffany had a joke. Well, it's not really a joke. She talked about filming girl strips and having Will Smith and Jada Pinkett picking them up and going mm-hmm. on a swamp 
or from some stuff yeah. that she bought on Groupon. Uh huh. So she is now um, a spokesman for Groupon over the last week. Wow. That, that was a good find by them. Yes, it was. And by the way, Tiffany has um, just got a, a deal from HBO, and they didn't release the um, the numbers on um, for that she got for doing an HBO special. But do you remember this week? There's been a lot of um, talk about Monique, the comedian Monique, and right. Netflix offering her five hundred thousand dollars to do a Netflix special. They have offered lesser-known comedians $5 million to new Netflix, but they offered uh, Monique $500,000. Wow. So she was asking the boycott, and Wanda Sykes said they offered her half that. And she went and did a a stand-up for stars. Mm. So they're having some problems up on that piece. Yeah. 25 in that. Now, companies are attempting to profit off of the opioid epidemic by selling fake withdrawal aid to uh, vulnerable addicts (laughs) for their recovery. So the FDA sent warning letters to 11 pill makers on Wednesday. So they're saying, Mm. look, if you have withdrawals, take this, and it doesn't even work. You got 11 (laughs) companies that's doing that already. Wow, it, you know it's just ridiculous, man. Greed is what's killing this country. It is what's killing it. Yeah, yeah. First of all, we will sell them stuff that makes them addicted, and then we'll give them a fake cure to it. And, Again, and they caused this. They caused this. Oh, they caused this addiction. The, 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 the pharmaceutical companies caused it, and now you even you had an insult to injury by. Um, Wow! Yeah, wow. that is just, yep. that's unbelievable, Jerome. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, images of fit, toned bodies. This is not my words. This is just a news story. Such as Jennifer Lopez are all over social media. So they're saying, according to the University of Missouri in Kansas City. They're saying the definition of beauty is changing because of people like curvy women like Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) Man, I really wish black women had curvy bodies. That's all I want to say. Yeah, me too. Wow. Except for Jennifer Lopez and uh, whoever spent money. (laughs) We don't have that problem. Come on, man. Wow. Black women have been sporting those bodies for years. Years. All I'm saying (laughs) is it didn't get popular until somebody started doing surgery, making people look like black women. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, you can hate black women who want to look like them. Come on now. I'm just saying. We have time for one more, man. We have time for one more story, brother. What do you have? Okay. Uh... You know, okay, so there is a study out that says that um, Washington University is claiming that mosquitoes can learn to associate a particular odor uh, with an unpleasant um, mechanical swat. So what they're saying is that when you swing at a mosquito, right, it'll know what scent 
um, of the person was that was swinging at it, so it won't come back. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to call BS on this one because either the one that you swung out didn't come back and somebody else bit you, but, or, or they went and told somebody. So either way, you don't want to go swing it at mosquitoes. It don't work. I was really? at the University of Washington. I don't care what they claim it. It don't work like that. Right, you, you can try really. it if you want to, but I don't think it works. Now, All right. Hey, you can try it. All right, you sir. Try. All right. Are we not so, going to try That's okay. We're, uh, okay. I'm just saying, if you want, if you want to, it's, it's out there. So, okay. the, um, what you say? No, I was saying okay. Oh. Okay. All right. So, here, here's, um, you know, cannabis oil. Yeah. And, you know, just because it's the last one. Um, they said cannabis drugs slash the risk of um, epilepsy. Epilepsy by nearly 50%. Yeah. So Massachusetts mm-hmm. General Hospital found that sufferers of a rare, severe form of epilepsy, um, 43.9% um, less likely to suffer um, seizures if they take the drug for 14 weeks. So apparently cannabis oil is helping people with epilepsy. Legalize okay. it. Legalize it. Legalize it. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you. Oh, my God. All these potheads on the show. Okay, thank you very much. Jerome is free. Mr. Jerome is free, I should say. (laughs) Oh, my God. Here we go, folks. It's been an interesting show, to say the least, but it's time for our final thoughts. Dr. Princess Odia, you have 30 seconds. Final thoughts, please. Wow, 30 seconds. Well, I do want to address... I want to make a comment regarding what our listener said in regards to, I guess, her understanding that I was in support of any woman being um, sexually harassed in any type of way. I, too, am a victim of that, and I am in no way stating that I am in support. I did indicate that there there were allegations, and he is a personal friend of mine, and I also know of his contributions and I said that the contributions that he made for America they have not been mentioned and it seemed to be that he was out of the out of the range before he even had a time to even challenge the allegations. Um, so no um, I do not support sexual harassment in any way and I my heart goes out for anyone who's in that position. I want to say the transformation it is so for everyone. I enjoyed the show today, Jay, as always. It's absolutely awesome to be a part of this legacy each Sunday. I look forward to speaking and seeing you guys all next week uh, in heart and mind. So I love you all. Visit me online at bountifulgroup.com. Don't forget to also Google Transforming Detroit and also check whatever message you put out this week. Also, hashtag transformation. Okay, we're under 90 seconds. Of course, you... I did 90 seconds? No, you're done. You're done. Thank you. We're under 90 seconds. Jerome, man, final thoughts. Jesus Christ. 60 seconds, my man. Remember that, um, you know, this stuff is garbage on TV. Watch it like a movie. Get some popcorn. Jay has butter. That's all. Ah, the kitchen. Mr. L.E.S., man, we less than 60 seconds away because of Dr. Princess of the Man. Final thoughts. 
Get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, they don't. You don't have a voice. Bottom line: if it wasn't so important, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be gerrymandering the districts. Absolutely. And Mitch asked me to mention. Make sure that I add that uh, the addition of on a need to know basis is a part of that process as well. Okay, Mitch, I got it there for you. All right. So, Mr. Les, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Folks, we appreciate you, we love you, and thank you so much for being a part of what we do every Sunday. So for Dr. Princess Aldea, for my main man, Jerome Spree, and Mr. Elias, I'm J. Rao. Have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless everybody. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.